Uh, we're going to be talking about the power of our speech this morning, the power of what we say, the things we say. It's not really the power of the tongue. I've taught that two or three times. This one's a little bit different because I'm talking about the power in our mouth, really what we do with our mouth. There are no words that are free. And uh, that really this freedom of speech thing, the First Amendment, is one of the greatest things we have in America today. But I want you to know that kingdom is even higher than that. Then you're going to hear about uh, kingdom principles today. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Welcome those of you who are with us online this morning. Glad you're here. It says either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for, for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now, what Jesus is saying here is that words aren't free. The words we use, I, I was uh, uh, listening to a friend of mine speak the other day, and he was talking about how God had really convicted him because he speaks so many negative things over uh, the country today. He's disappointed with politics, so everything he talks about as far as the political situation, I do this too, right? I get so disgusted. Um, many of you are out there trying to make a living. You're paying $5 and something for diesel, trying to pull your stuff down the road. Uh, farmers are paying now $5 for diesel, trying to plow fields and everything else. I'm frustrated too. And my words can get in the way of, of Jesus' testimony inside of me. And so Jesus says, hey, these words aren't free. Um, how about bless those who curse you? And we got a lot that are, are cursing this country today. And me being one of them, the political leaders, when I, when I think of them, uh, I was talking to my dad. My dad and I, we can't talk politics. I mean, we are saying 75 years ago, there would be many that were hung, most, probably 50 to 60% of them for treason that work in our political realms uh, today and supposedly uphold the Constitution of the United States. I mean, those types of things and conversations are very dangerous for us as well. How many of us have spoken about the ongoing drought over the past several years and said this country never gets around? I don't know how many times I, <laughs> I've told my dad, hey, dad, look, we farm the desert, right? What do you expect? Um, that's, that's not good. That doesn't bring blessing. And what happens is over a period of time, it becomes a way of teaching. It becomes a way of thought. It becomes a way of reproducing something that we don't want to reproduce. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's using a metaphor. He's saying that the tree is basically our heart and that our words are the fruit uh, of our heart. And so uh, if there is no heart change, listen, there's going to be no mouth change. That's the way it works. Proverbs 6.2 says, you are snared with the words of your mouth, and Satan's goal is to snare us with our words. So I want to talk to you this morning about three positive things and basically three negative things. It's a very simple message. No words are free, and lie number one, negative thing number one is simply this. There is no freedom of speech as we know it, all right? It's an American right. It's the First Amendment, and, and it's a great one. And we need to have this as far as our constitutional rights. However, kingdom is much higher than the constitutional First Amendment. All right? The First Amendment, it's there to prevent tyranny. However, it has been abused and used and abused. I mean, when you think about freedom of speech and what it's led to, in some, in some instances, 
It's the reason why pornography and all kinds of material is out there and so accessible because they put it under the guise of freedom of speech, right? It's not what our forefathers of this country had in mind when they wrote freedom of speech. They just didn't want speech to be dictated on what we can say and what we cannot say. It also gives the right to peaceful to have a peaceful assembly and protest, but uh, we've taken that a little far, <laughs> right? Uh, so does this mean that we can say anything, anywhere, at any time? Absolutely not, men. As kingdom-minded people, kingdom is much higher than this constitutional right. Abortion is legal, but it's not okay with God. It's not. All right? In Nevada, prostitution is legal, but listen, men, what stays in Vegas does not stay in Vegas, all right? It's not a right with God, and our words are not free. There's a higher law than the American law. It's called the law of the kingdom. It is the law of the kingdom. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, and by the way, Matthew 12, 36 says this, that every careless word that I speak is eternal. That scares me to death. I've spoken some careless words in my life. And so he's given a warning here. See, the only thing we take to heaven will be our character, but our words will have arrived there before us. You ever think of it that way? <laughs> but didn't you say? Maybe I did. Yeah. So I'm sure that you've heard someone say these words. Uh, I probably shouldn't say this. However, yeah, it's going to slip. Here it comes. Well, you probably shouldn't say it. Psalm 39.1 says this, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with a muzzle. In Proverbs 23, 18 and 19, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, hey, I was just joking. You ever use that one? Yeah, yeah. Or uh, any of y'all ever grow up with a white lie? I, I've, I've shared this before when I spoke on the tongue. Any of you ever grow up knowing what a white lie is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Catholics call it venial. Uh-huh. You just cross your fingers and put your fingers behind your back and you say anything you want. My grandmother taught me that. Anyway, and she was a godly woman. I don't know why she did. Anyway, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 4 says this, And there will be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting, but rather a giving of thanks. A thankful word should be what goes before us. So when we're saying words like I was just kidding with you or I was just joking, it can become dangerous. James chapter 3 verse 8, most common scripture on the tongue in the scriptures, right? But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father and with it we curse men. With the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or vine produce figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. In other words, apples don't produce oranges. Oranges don't produce mesquite. All those mesquite trees you see out there didn't come from an orange seed, all right? I, I can communicate hurtful, critical words under the guise of just kidding. I didn't really mean to say it. I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings, right? It's manipulative. It's a way to communicate without supposedly being honest. Sometimes, though, because the Scripture says out of the heart the mouth speaks, it's the most honest thing we say. And we say it under the guise of, I was just kidding, but I hope you heard the message behind the joke, right? And so 
uh, uh, there can be good things that we say with our tongue as well. And we'll talk about those here in a minute. But let me go to lie number three. Lie number three. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but my words will never hurt thee. Right? Not true. Have three daughters. <laughs> All right. Son, I don't know if anything's ever hurt him. He, he doesn't talk just a whole lot. He's talking more that he's down at A&M now. Uh, but uh, uh, Wade's never said just a whole lot, you know. I don't know if words really, words can motivate him because I had to use them pretty firm in his life. But with girls, you got to be careful, men. Uh, they're a little softer, you know, and they pay attention to what you say, and, and words really do make a difference. And we say that they don't break my bones and they'll never hurt me, but they do. As soon as our words are forgotten, we tend to think that their influence is gone. But, men, that's not true either. Um, words don't evaporate. Remember, words are eternal. Words can last a lifetime. Words of anger, hurtful words, caustic words, critical words, calling of names. Something we've never allowed in our household is the calling of names, unless they're good names, right? Oh, you remind me of Michael the archangel. That's all right. Okay, you say something like that. You can lift one another up, right? But, but when we're critical words, we don't allow in our house. Um, um, a labeling with someone has never been allowed in our household, and it shouldn't be allowed in the people and the men and women of God. Words do not disappear. They don't evaporate. Forgiveness doesn't fix everything. You can, you, here's what I know. I've probably said some things that, that have been hurtful where people have said they've forgiven me, but those words are still there. Some of you were told words when you were children, and you're trying to outlive the words that you were told that you were going to be or become someday. You were worthless. You were lazy. You were whatever it was. That, that probably has stuck to you even though you've given them forgiveness for it. Now, the truth is words are very, very dangerous that we use. And it's not the most joyous of, of truths that I'm teaching this morning, but it is very sobering if not the most, because had I known this, I would have been, especially when I was younger, much less ready to speak so that I wouldn't have been so reckless in relationships and I might think about those words before I said them because the cost of my words and actions are critical today. They probably, they probably still cause pain with someone today. There are things, there are relationships, there are hearts that, that have been broken. Some of your hearts have been broken. And, and forgiveness is not fixing your heart because you've been labeled through someone's uncaring words that they spoke to you. It's dangerous, men. Forgiveness does release us, but it doesn't mean that the label upon us is necessarily gone. And so this is very real, and we've got to think, and we've got to, we've got to be men of truth. We've got to be men who change this. We, you know, we, Jesus talks about with it both blessing and cursing come. James talks about both blessing and cursing with our mouth. They, they all come. And here's, here's the problem with that is sometimes we're cursing and we don't even realize it. I skipped my first part on here. I wanted to talk for just a moment the difference between what it means to cuss and what it means to curse. Because I don't really have a cussing problem. Oh, I guess I could if I got real angry. I could probably say some cuss words, but I probably do have a cursing prob problem. There's a lot of things in this life that I become angry about, and the way I speak about them is not going to bring a blessing. 
I don't think there's a middle of the road with Jesus. I hadn't read it if there is. He doesn't say take the middle road, right? I think we're supposed to take the road less traveled. So, so in this, here are three truths about words, and we'll wrap this up. It's very quick, very easy. Oh, good. All right, we're going. All right, the first thing we got to know about words is that words are reproducible. Words reproduce. Jesus taught us that a tree is like our heart. Like the fruit of a tree are the words of the fruit of the heart. Mature fruit contains in it a seed, and it will reproduce. And, and so let me just talk about gossip for just a moment. Gossip will reproduce in your children. If you gossip around the dinner table, your children will grow up gossiping about others as well. I mean, you, you have to be careful. We have to be careful about this. The other thing it, it does, words will reproduce a victimization. I, I see this, and this, is, this to me is the most dangerous place that we're in in America today. I see it with relatives. I, I, I know kids that have been brought up, told they were the victim all their life. Oh, well, the coaches don't like you. You're a victim. Oh, the teachers don't like you. You're a victim. Teachers don't know anything. You're, you're, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. Oh, well, now you got a boss and you had to quit. That's because the boss doesn't like you. It's because nobody likes you in this world. It's because they're wrong and you're right. It's because you have an opinion and they shouldn't be able to have one. It's because, because they have an expectation of work that you can't meet. It's a false, expect, false expectation. What happens, men... Those conversations carry with it a label of victimization, and now we have a whole culture. We have a new generation that have been told it's okay to be a victim. They've been told through words, oh, you're a victim. Oh, man, the world's against you. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. It, it, I, I'm sitting here about to have two college kids, and I don't mean this to sound rude. I don't mean it to sound racial. It's not racial. It's not biased or anything else. But if I could check any other color but white, we could get a scholarship. I'm the victim. No, it's not a victim. Right? It's just reality. We can't choose the color that we are. And I hate that people have been victims over the color of their skin. That's a terrible thing. But, but the truth is, is that we have to be careful about what we say and how we say it because what will happen if I tell my kids that? They're going to sit there and say, well, because I'm white, I must be a victim. No, we're just going to pay a little more, right? <laughs> right now, for right now, but God provides. The culture doesn't provide. The job doesn't provide. We have to come back to a place that God's going to take care of it, and we just believe that. James chapter 3, verse 6 says this, and the tongue is a fire. Now, if the tongue is a fire, fires do what? Unless they're put out. They continue to burn. So, so this is what James is saying. He's saying, hey, look, unless this fire is put out, those fires that you start, they'll reproduce. They just keep continuing to burn. They'll burn through your generation. They'll burn in the next generation and the generations to come. This is how it works. The very world of iniquity, the tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. So the world of iniquity is inspired by hell. That's what I just read if you didn't get that. And it comes from what? Our tongue. It comes from our mouths. Our mouths have the ability to set on fire and be inspired by hell. That's amazing. But I'm not telling you anything you don't know because if you're a man, somewhere in you, there's something that rages at times. It's okay. We can say that, men. I, I'm not trying to dumb this thing down. I hope you are men. 
I hope there's something that gets your fire burning. Let's keep going. All right. So let's talk about iniquities for just a minute because he says it's a world of iniquity inspired by hell. Iniquities, this is the difference between iniquities, all right, and just having uh, something that's wrong with me. Here's the thing. When you see iniquity in Scripture, what iniquity means, it means it's generational. It does not end with you. It passes on. So an iniquity is like a generational curse in the sense that it goes on to the next generation. That's what you'll find with iniquities in Scripture. So iniquities are generational, meaning they travel from one generation to the next, from us to our children. Our words reproduce in the soil of others' hearts. A whole new generation of hurt, bitterness, rage, and damage can be set forth through our tongues. We pass it on by continual assault of our words and withdrawal of our our words. In other words, sometimes words need to be spoken and we refuse to say them. You ever been afraid to give someone a compliment because they're going to get what? The big head. Yeah. I remember uh, my sophomore year, I was moved up to varsity in football and put on defense. We had a guy get hurt, so they, they pulled me up from JB and put me out there. And uh, so when it came time to get a letter jacket, I had lettered right that year, and my coach said, no, don't give him a letter jacket. He'll get the big head. So I didn't get a letter jacket, and I'm still hurt over it. I'm such a victim, right? (laughs) But our words reproduce, there's no doubt. And it's a classic understanding. If something good needs to be said, then say it because something good will reproduce as well. Good fruit, a good man brings, a good man, we just read the scripture a while ago, a good man brings forth what? Good fruit. So we have the opportunity to say good, good words, to pour out good words. And sometimes, men, let me say it this way, if you can't speak those words, you write those words. You may not have grown up with a father. My dad uh, didn't speak a whole lot of words growing up. He didn't speak into my life. He didn't tell me right or wrong necessarily. And most of you know my dad, and he's a good, good man. Today, he's so much more in what he speaks and how he speaks than he was when I was young. When he was, when, when he was younger, he was fiery and temperamental. And uh, when we were working on equipment, you just ducked. You know, because wrenches, everything flew. You know, that's just kind of the way, and that's the way he was brought up. And, and here's, here's the thing. It wasn't that he was a bad man. He was just a fiery man. And as far as pouring out good words and, and telling us how good we were, he was taught to see the gaps. You need to get up a little bit earlier. You need to cut your hair. You need to look like a boy. Don't look like a girl. You know, I heard a lot of things like that growing up. It didn't label me in any way it made me have that expectation for my kids as well right because it passes on and and but so I didn't know really how to say real positive as a matter of fact words of affirmation here's another one that uh, uh, is is very important for your children is learning how to understand what they're saying that that was very difficult for me uh, because what I saw was the gap, and no matter how many excuses they told me about that gap and the reason why there was a gap, I didn't hear that. What did I want? I just wanted the gap filled. Look, don't tell me all that. I don't need to know that the broom handle broke. The garage was supposed to be swept. You know, there's a gap, and there's a lack of understanding. There's, let me tell you what it is. It's called Validation. In the psychological world, is called validation. And I didn't know how to validate. As a matter of fact, man, I'll be completely honest with you. I had to see a therapist 
in order to learn how to validate. That is the absolute truth. I did not know how to do it, and I had to start doing it on paper before I could do it with my words. Isn't that something? I shared too much this morning. Now y'all know I'm crazy, but I'm just crazy. But in all honesty, when my daughter, as a freshman, came up anorexic, and we went to Dallas, they started telling me to validate. I had no clue what they were talking about. That therapist sat there and looked at me like I, I didn't know anything, and it's because I didn't. And so I said, well, teach me. Teach me how to validate. I don't know. Because I'll validate something, but then on the, at the end of that, i got to say something about the gap. This doesn't make any sense to me. I still don't understand why you got parents that love you, that bring you up in the admonition of the Lord. We have a devotional every single morning. They're up at 6 o'clock. We're in our Bibles. We're doing things what I thought was right. I don't understand why you won't eat. I love you. You're beautiful. You have all these. So I start validating, and then I say, I still don't understand why you didn't eat your chicken last night. See, I just had to say something about the gap. I didn't know how to end it in validation. Our words, our words are very, very powerful. If you can't speak them, learn to write them. So I had to learn how to write those words without speaking about the gap. Because here's what happened when I started working on, when we started working on her positive things that she could do, what did she do? She overcame the negative in her life. And the negative was really the world. It didn't have anything, we come to find out it didn't have anything to do with us. The world she was living in outside of the home was putting stressors on her that she couldn't control. Anorexia is a form of control. That's what you'll learn. It comes from type A personalities. Very, very dang. Anyway, let's keep going. So you learned something this morning. All right. So here's the truth. The truth is we don't want to spread iniquities. We don't, especially negative iniquities. And iniquity will always be negative. So we don't want to spread that. Uh, the, the second thing, words will either heal or hurt. And so uh, we just spoke about that. They either heal or they hurt. Learn how to validate one another. Ask God to forgive you for the words that you have spoken that have hurt or wounded others. Forgive others for their hurtful words. And don't take on those labels that men you were told when you were children. You're going to have to ask the Lord to remove those labels because that is not who you are. You wouldn't be here today in his kingdom business if that's truly who you were. The third and final thing is words last forever. Guys, your words get there before we do. Your words will be in heaven when you show up. Jesus said each one of us will be held accountable for every word that we speak. And so watch your words because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So a lot of times, rather than praying over my words, I pray over my heart. I just ask God, give me a pure heart. If you pay attention to what David did, David was always concerned about his heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me, right? So that I might not sin against you. So that, so that my heart will be pure, so that I'll speak the things that bring life, not the things that bring death. And so that's Psalm 1914, if you guys want that. And he goes on to say, your side, O Lord, are, is in my eyes, and you are my rock and my redeemer. This is where God wants us to be. Now, I've got three weeks, two more weeks on this little message series, but I wanted to end there today. You men who are online, thank you for being with us. Guys, there are some questions on your tables. That's all I have for you this morning.